Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that is brought to you by Locker Room. Uh, you've heard me mention this over the last week or so, but if you download the app, you can uh, follow me at Kane Pittman on the app and you'll get notifications there when we do the live uh, Locker Room podcast, which uh, me and Frank did one yesterday and it was a lot of fun. We could get some of you listeners on the show as well, not just in the chat room. You can speak. Uh, we did that with a couple of listeners yesterday, which was uh, really fun there. So check out the Locker Room app. But as far as the Bucks go, Frank, 140 to 113. I just read a stat online from Tony East, who is actually the host of Locked on Paces. He said the Bucks hit the most threes tonight in the history of the league for a team that attempted fewer than 40. They were 24 for 39 from three, 61%, which is obviously absolutely absurd led by uh, Drew Holiday, who was five for six. Pat was six for seven. I mean, you can go right down the list. So with all these open three-point attempts and the way the ball was fizzing around the perimeter, Lee Ellis would have been absolutely stoked. They could probably do the whole damn uh, very solid plays. Is that what it's called? Did I mess that up last time? Very solid plays. They could probably do the whole segment based on tonight's game for the Bucs. So the question that, that really comes out of this game is, is the Bucs offense better without Giannis? <laughs> They finally unlocked what they need to do in the playoffs. So they just need to close games with Giannis on the bench, right? Yes. That, that's all that they need to do. Put put Pat Connaughton yes. in uh, in as, as your starting four. What, what did Pat have tonight? Seven out of eight from the field, six out of seven from three, 20 points, I think yes. he had. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, strange, strange game, obviously. Giannis, uh, as, as we you know, were assuming based on the, the news that came yesterday, uh, was held out with that sprained left knee. Um, I think the the most important thing I heard today was uh, that during the the Bud presser and then from pregame, he did his sort of normal pregame routine and was on the bench and had just the most fun time uh, just cheering on his teammates. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I had a little bit of anxiety today, just like not not knowing exactly what was going on with the injury. Bud claimed to not even know if he had an MRI, which is like okay. <laughs> Thanks, Bud. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we'll see. I think Bud's quote was something effective. You know, they're just hoping it's shorter rather than longer, and we'll just sort of see how uh, how he feels in the next couple of days. So um, not nothing very definitive, obviously, on, on Giannis and when he might return from uh, from that tweaked knee. But obviously, a, a nice thing to see him. Uh, he was not in a, in a splint. He was, you know, based on the pregame looked like he was ready to play. And so, uh, you know, I'd say if, if, uh, if you're going to hold Giannis out a night when you make 24 or 39 threes, it's pretty much good night to do it. And, um, you know, whenever a team, whenever the Bucks just shoot this well, it's kind of hard to, you know, I mean, what, what, what's there to say about this game beyond just the fact that 
they shot really well and the Pacers didn't shoot, <laughs> didn't shoot that well, especially early on when the Bucks just ran out to that big early lead. So, um, yeah, this was one of those ultimate make or miss uh, type type games. But look, the Bucks have been really good at making threes all season. That's been one of the, the biggest differences about this team versus last year's team. And, um, you know, they deserve credit. I mean, the whole point of the game is to put the ball in the hole more than the other guys. And so I think on the one hand, we, we often talk about like, well, you know, is that representative of, you know, how good teams are relative to each other, things like that. Obviously stuff can be noisy game to game, but um, you know, it's uh, it's in a game like this where you're hoping to kind of keep that momentum going. You're trying to keep pace with uh, you know, the Sixers and Nets, the top of the East. You see Giannis isn't playing the Pacers uh, kind of help the bucks out a little bit too, by they were missing Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner. So I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know what the, the, the trade-off is Giannis versus those guys. I'd say Giannis is more valuable than those guys combined, but, um, but certainly this was a night where you were happy to see them come out with, uh, with their, their shooting dialed in because uh, you obviously wanted to keep that win streak going and uh, to win any games without Giannis, I think always just feels really good and to do it in convincing fashion with the offense humming with, you know, Drew Holiday in particular, kind of burying the lead here with Drew. He was fantastic, best player on the floor all night. Um, that's obviously a really nice thing to see. Chris Middleton got, got his, in his groove a bit as well. Um, so, you know, all told, uh, a very, very satisfying night for the Bucks to, you know, survive a night without Giannis and, and do it in such convincing fashion. I've got two brothers, Frank. Uh, I'm the I'm the middle child, so I definitely suffer from that middle child syndrome I've been you know, mistreated and bullied my whole life. And I know that everyone listening to this is is feeling really terrible for me right now. But I tell you what, Drew Holiday tonight has to be feeling pretty good. And I know that these guys clearly get along. But if I know the way that brothers, you know, compete with each other, I would like to think that he's at least firing off a few texts tonight or getting stuck into them a little bit. Because when I look at the box score, you mentioned how fantastic Drew was with the 28 points, 14 assists and five rebounds he was 11 for 15 from the field justin holiday and aaron holiday combined for three points on one for 17 shooting one for 17 the other holiday brothers were including one for 14 from three so uh, it's fair to say that drew gets the bragging rights there and just for a random stat and i i I do enjoy during the game, if I think that something is a little bit out of the box, to jump on this, the stat head page, which is the old basketball reference, and look for anything that, that stands out or might be just you know, slightly historic. And Drew Holiday uh, tonight with the 28 points and 14 assists fell two points and one assist shy of the first 30-point, 15-assist game in franchise history. And he played fewer than 30 minutes on the night. So uh, I know it's not Giannis, Frank, but I did message in our DM and I was a little bit disappointed that he wasn't coming back in the game. And I guess I shouldn't say that given the fact that not only Giannis didn't play tonight with uh, what looks like a minor injury, but PJ Tucker went down and you don't want to be messing with those types of things in a blowout game like this. But uh, that would have been a cool little piece of history, but he was fantastic. And I think the big reminder that we get from this again is that if you 
needed any more confirmation that the Bucks have got a serious, serious upgrade from Bledsoe to Drew Holiday, then we're just continually seeing it. And it stands out to me that his best games throughout the year have been against the best teams, and that's with Giannis in the lineup. So you have a guy that you can genuinely trust that he's going to show up and play to his ability or near to the best of his ability. And then tonight we see a different aspect of Drew where Giannis isn't there and right from the word go, he's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to control this team. Give me the ball. I'm going to have more opportunities to run the offense. I'm going to rack up these assists that I haven't necessarily you know, had the ball in my hands to do. But again, it just shows you that during the playoffs or during uh, other situations where Giannis isn't on the floor, you just have another guy that can absolutely take over the game. And I know it's only Indiana and they didn't have Brogdon and Turner, but still to see that aggressive type of output from him, it's just another reminder, I think, that uh, the Bucks by virtue of simply upgrading from Bledsoe to Drew Holiday, uh, just significantly better team. And I don't think from the outside, it's probably, uh, people have probably realized that as much as what we are seeing night to night from watching this guy. I think the part about Drew's game that I like the most is just that he, he knows where his spots are and he can get to those spots pretty well, right? I mean, you know, he, he's obviously got that kind of old man game using his size uh, around the basket to finish with with either hand really loves that left hand um but he's also pretty crafty getting to uh you know like a little like 10 to 15 foot shot in the lane mm-hmm. um creating separation that way and i think the shot that i certainly didn't and i don't know if he shot this shot much in new orleans but i've been surprised how aggressively he's looked for like those pretty pronounced step back threes um <laughs> Like he's covering a James Harden-esque distance on yeah. some of these step-back threes. He had a couple of those tonight. We've seen him do that uh, repeatedly this season. And that's a shot I, I didn't really think of him having necessarily in his bag. And you know, I just thought of him more as just kind of like, you know, he's not a you know, his career percentage. He's not a, a great three-point shooter, not a super high-volume shooter. I always thought of him more like, oh, you know, he's a guy who, like, if, if he's got, like, a you know an open shot, he'll take a shoot a three. But not a guy that is hunting threes. I think it's been interesting seeing him really look for that three-point shot more aggressively. And again, he's not shooting like a lights-out percentage, but he's been pretty good. And, you know, he hasn't been afraid to take those shots. Um, yeah, it's it's exciting to think about, you know, having a point guard who is a good regular season player. Again, his his regular season numbers are, are not going to dwarf Bledsoe's. They're probably going to ultimately be pretty similar to what Bledsoe put up in the regular season. But to think that this is a guy that, you know, actually, I'm going to go into the playoffs believing that he can actually replicate his regular season success in the playoffs. That's pretty exciting. And I'm, I'm sure if you're Drew Holiday, obviously, you know, the whole reason you wanted to come to Milwaukee would be to to be able to be on that stage and, and be in a position to do this, not just in the regular season, but in the playoffs. So fun to see Drew and, and Chris, right? I mean, I think that's those are the guys that you look at um, when Giannis is out, you know, those guys stepping up and really having the ball in their hands to not just score, but make plays. And you know, I think Chris had 25, eight rebounds, six assists. Obviously, Drew with the 14 assists. Um, you know, interesting you mentioned that set because Giannis was at 26 and 15 in the last game, right? Yeah, so he yeah. was not he was not that far from that uh, <laughs> that that uh, 30 and 15 mark in the last game, and Drew almost gets it tonight. So, um, so yeah, I mean, these guys are just obviously really talented players and they sacrifice somewhat being on a team with a lot of weapons and um, you know, yeah, you're, you're also going to get a lot more assists when the, the, you know, your team is pairing threes at just a ridiculous rate. Uh, you know, he mentioned Connaughton. He just was 
I mean, what can you say about Pat Connaughton? The guy just continues to hit threes. I'm, I'm curious. He's, he's got to be around 40% at this point, right? I thought he was like a 39% a couple games ago, and um, he just was lights out tonight. Uh, and Brooke Lopez also uh, really got, you know, got things going a bit as well, really more, I think, inside the arc than, than from three. So, yeah, you don't score 140 points without a lot of guys doing damage. And um, the Bucks certainly picked a good night to, to have a really balanced scoring effort on a night where they're missing the MVP. Yeah, as far as Drew Holiday goes, just quickly to wrap up his nights, it's it's not that you're going to expect that he's going to shoot the way that he shot tonight. I mean, some of those step backs, as you mentioned, we, he's gone to it and he's hit it on a number of occasions this season, but he was just on another level tonight. So it, you, you're not going to expect that. But the fact that he does have that shot, it's a shot that you can get in the half court when you need a basket I mean it's important that he has that in his bag for sure as far as his three-point shooting goes on the season he's at 35.9 percent or that was prior to the night he was at 35.9 his career average is 35.5 so I think that's actually encouraging it's not like he's doing anything crazy right now or out of the bag this is the way that he shoots so the fact that he has had these these hot nights here as well um, is certainly pleasing to see and Pat Connaughton coming into tonight was at 39%, so no doubt that's obviously gone uh, up uh, after tonight's performance. All right, Frank, let's talk a little bit more about Locker Room now. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, talk with other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Uh, I'll be hosting these Locker Room podcasts, Locker Room rooms if that's what you want to call it once a week so you can join me in the conversation along with frank and justin camille everyone uh, that will jump in locker room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the bucks you'll find fans just like you on locker room for watch parties debates post-game breakdowns and of course reacting to the big news or rumors Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join whichever group it is, NBA, NFL, whichever one you want. Follow me, at Kane Pittman, to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live uh, next week again on an off day. I'll notify you guys for sure. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Bucks. See you there. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. And of course, don't forget about rockauto.com, the family business that's been serving auto parts customers for 20 plus years. Go to rockauto.com and you can shop for all the auto and body parts you need from hundreds of manufacturers. The best thing about Rock Auto is that uh, the catalog online, for someone that doesn't know a lot about cars like me, it's really easy to navigate. You can find exactly what you need depending on what model car or truck you have. And the best part, is that the prices are reliably low and the same for the professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. So uh, basically, why would you want to spend twice as much for the same parts? So go to rockauto.com, see all those parts that are available for your car or truck. All you have to do is write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. That's locked on in the how did you hear about us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You mentioned Brooke Lopez. And I did tweet this a couple of games ago 
when I think Brooke had finished, uh, finished a couple of lobs in the game. I'm not sure which one it was. I can't remember. But there's no doubt that the Bucks have used the lob as more of a weapon this season. Bud was asked about this in the post game, and he sort of deflected the question in terms of was this a specific tactic of the Bucks to go to the lob more? But he did say that I think we have just in general encouraged our big men to roll to the basket more. So basically, Brooke Lopez, who we've seen a lot in the past, will set the screen, pop to the three point line, and shoot those, you know, those, those extremely long three-pointers that we've got used to seeing him shoot from above the break. But this year, he really is rolling to the basket hard. And certainly over the last couple of weeks here, we've seen him. I I honestly feel like I've seen more lob finishes from Brook Lopez in the last three weeks than I've seen in the entire three years that he's been there. And, And Chris Milton, obviously, is very keen to throw those up. We've seen some also from Drew Holiday as well. And I like it. I mean, with Giannis, you can put the ball anywhere near the basket and he's going to be able to finish. But the fact that they're utilizing Brook in this way is just unlocking things for him. Because I do think as much as he's been a fantastic three-point shot, he spaces the floor, and that's been critical to the Bucks' offense over the last few years, you can still use him in different ways. And I think throwing that in there and at least making the defense think about the lob as a threat that they have to be concerned about is a good thing. And he's such a big guy. I mean, if you get the pass in the right spot, he's going to finish. He's going to get you two easy points. Yeah, I think the Brook chris chemistry really started to um, kind of show last year. I thought they, they really developed kind of, you know, a really nice ability for with Chris just putting the ball right above the rim and, um, not always translating into dunks for uh, for Brooke, but but you know it just seemed like he had a lot of easy baskets just laying it in um, out of those those kind of dive plays. And, and I think that you're right; it's really been taken to another level this year. I, I think it was an after the Memphis game when Giannis had had two more of those alley oop dunks from Chris. I tweeted out the numbers, and I, I forget what it was at. It was he was over 20, 20 alley oops at that point. And I think 16 of them had come from Chris. Uh, they just have really good chemistry. Um, you know, that, there, was that, there was that great moment. Um, I'm trying to remember which, if it was actually, I think it might have been in that Grizzlies game. Zora Stevenson was doing yeah. a quick hit on the chemistry between Giannis and Chris. And literally, as she was finishing up her piece from the sideline, Chris threw a lot to Giannis for an alley-oop dunk. And so, um, so it really kind of illustrated it perfectly. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I've, I've made the claim in the past that I thought Chris was probably the best passer on the Bucks. This is something I said last year. I think in, in just a overall passing skill set perspective, um, I think Chris is probably has the best patch, passing touch on the team. I mean, he throws different types of passes than Giannis. But I think just in terms of a guy who can make plays, guys going to the basket, kickouts, and now obviously the touch on these lobs. Um, and again, we can say, well, Giannis doesn't have the benefit of throwing lobs to Giannis. So, so you know, oh, well, right? Uh, he doesn't have that going for him. But Chris really using both Brooke and Giannis that way, I think has been a really um, a nice point of emphasis for them this year. And especially with the way that teams – try to deny, you know, passes to the elbow and, and try to deny Giannis the ball. Uh, he's just gotten really good at giving that kind of look, that look to Chris where, you know, he comes up, fakes like he's going to set a screen and, um, and then peels back towards the basket for, for those alley-oops. And I mean, how many, how many alley-oops have they had off of side court inbounds, yeah. right? Like probably five or six of those. I mean, that's, it's, it's like every couple games, 
Chris throws Giannis an alley-oop off, off one of those, you know, sideline out of bounds plays, which again, you think as the season would go on, that would be harder and harder to pull off just because teams at some point have to pick up, kind of, kind of get the scouting report on that. But um, fortunately, uh, you know, apparently they haven't picked up on it quite yet. And it's certainly been something the Bucks have used to their advantage. I had to laugh when you mentioned the fact of the, the positioning of the ball on those lobs when you compare Giannis to Brooke because it is funny. I mean, it really has to be right in the spot. And some of them almost look like he's, it's like basket interference. Like he's going to be called yeah. for a violation for Brooke because it's so close to the rim. It's really funny uh, to see some of those lobs because he really doesn't have to jump that high off the ground. But he did have that one last week where he sort of had to rotate in midair and he was, he was cracking up laughing about it, which was uh, funny to see. I thought we may as well continue with Brooke here. And I just kind of wanted to check in on what you think about where the defense is right now. And I know uh, prior to us starting to record here, you mentioned you were just trying to look at the updated numbers defensively. And we spoke about the fact that the Bucks are trending into the top 10 and beyond as far as defense, certainly over the last month. And it coincides with the Bucks winning 12 out of 13. The def- defense has been trending in the right direction. But we did see kind of a rare thing for the Bucks where Bud and Brooke Lopez, there was clearly some frustration with each other tonight. I, I wanted to ask Bud about it post-game. I didn't get a chance to, but I, I, was, I don't know whether this was just one particular incident or maybe there was a couple of situations where it was building up. I just clipped the, the play before where Brooke and Bud then kind of went at each other on the floor. So essentially it was TJ McConnell handling the ball. Sabonis came up to the perimeter to set a screen on Bryn Forbes and Forbes then uh, stuck with uh, Sabonis, switched on to Sabonis, and Lopez dropped back into the paint, and it resulted in a wide-open three, uh, McConnell with a handoff to another Pacers player. I can't remember who it was. But either way, it looked to me like Bud wanted Brooke Lopez to switch onto the perimeter. I know you mentioned from the San Antonio game, we saw a bit of that where Brooke Lopez, they were like, it's fine. We're fine to, to switch one through five. Brooke, you stay out in the perimeter and try and at least get a contest on some of those three-point shots. I will say that it does feel like those types of breakdowns and those types of miscommunications are certainly reduced from where we saw it at the start of the season, where it felt like you were seeing five or six you know, really blatant mistakes or miscommunications from the Bucks defensively. Uh, how do you feel that it has progressed? I mean, I don't think that this was a particular big incident or anything worth you know, really pouring into, but it was just a... a a situation where I actually thought to myself, huh, this isn't as common as what it was at the start of the season, which again is an indication of progress. It's betonline.ag time now, Frank, which is, of course, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action because football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can find all the real-time updated odds and props you need on basically anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. All you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today using the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And it's Built Bar Madness time. I know people are tweeting at me. They are into this Built Bar Madness because everyone is into whatever bracket you can get. And when it comes to the best tasting protein bar on the market, I understand why people are a little bit excited because it's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. It's the amazing tasting protein bar. And now it's time to find out which bar is the absolute best. Now, uh, I'm looking at it right here. I've got the vote up in front of me. 
coconut versus white chocolate birthday cake is the matchup. You've got a little bit of time here to jump online and you can still go with that one. Or tomorrow you'll have coconut brownie chunk and lemon almond cheesecake. So go to builtbar.com or look on Twitter at bar underscore built and you'll be able to vote for which bar is going to become the best tasting protein bar ever. And don't forget, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off at builtbar.com. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. There are probably two, two things that come to mind in terms of measuring the, the progress of the Bucks defensively and with the communications around switching. I think one, it felt like there were just some really blatant miscommunications that just really stuck out earlier in the season where, you know, like uh, you, 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 one guy thought he was, you know, trying to go over a screen or go, you know, go under screen or whatever. Um, and the other guy thought the, thought the guy was switching and then it literally results in a ball handler, just, you know, parting of the season, just nobody gets them. Right. I mean, those are the most obvious plays where there's just a breakdown and, and, you know, we saw those at times, um, you know, what, earlier in the season. And then I think the other piece is, you know, Eric, um, our, our buddy, Eric name and the athletic, uh, I think he clipped some, some videos of uh, the Bucks defense against double drag screens recently and how that has something that really kind of befuddled the Bucks early in the season and good teams like, you know, the jazz and others uh, use that to, to really kind of, you know, make the Bucks have to make multiple reads. And when you're not all on the same page, and you know, you're not all um, certain sort of how you're supposed to handle it. It's, you know, it's not as simple as just saying, well, two guys switch, switch their, you know, switch their coverages because you've got now three guys in the play, right? It's, it's basically requires a, a double switch and then you have to figure out well, who's, who's guarding the two guys that set the screens um, as well. So, uh, you know, Eric kind of pointed out in cups and video showing how the Bucks seemed to be a lot more organized against those now than they were early in the season. And, uh, you know, I think, I think the, the most obvious thing we've seen is it, it just seems like the Bucks come into games and, and have been much crisper and, and decisive that like, well, okay, if, if Giannis, Chris and, and Drew are, you know, basically, um, if the, their guys are involved in, in screens, whether it's on ball or off ball, we're just going to switch those. And, and that's a pretty kind of clear cut thing to do. And, you know, I, I term that sort of common sense switching. Why bother, you know, trying to, to, to make things more complicated, lean into what those guys can do defensively and just, you know, proactively switch those types of actions. And, you know, if the defenses want to attack, you know, a big guy against Drew Holiday, okay, you know, let them do that. If they want to attack a little guy against Giannis or Chris, I think you can live with that. Um, I, I think there's, there's still like, we're still seeing examples of, you know, I, I personally like don't feel like Giannis should ever be going over screens. He's just so bad at it. He's too big. Um, you know, we've still seen examples of, of him having to do that at times, which, you know, I find a little bit frustrating and just at this point feel like, all right, just, just switch it. You know, like I, there's, there's nobody that I, I feel like desperately the Bucks need to send Giannis over screens against. Um, and, and obviously, 
especially late in games. And I think what we'll see with these Tucker Giannis lineups is, is they will just straight switch those rather than uh, having to put Giannis into trying to you know go over screens and, and chase chase from behind. So, yeah, I think that there has been kind of a very visible improvement in, in some of the communication there overall. Uh, and, and so I, I think that's generally, you know, not surprising. You just look at kind of the way that the numbers have evolved and, I did get the update here. So the Bucks are up to eighth in defense. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. They're they're only they're less than a half point in defensive rating behind the Jazz, Warriors, and Heat. So they're really not far from even being as high as fifth. And if you look at Jazz are fifth in defensive rating at one away point seven, and they're offensively, the Jazz are point two behind the Bucks. Bucks are now back up to second, 116.9 offensive rating. Jazz are at 116.7. So Jazz are only barely ahead of the Bucks in terms of net rating, you know? So it just sort of speaks a little bit to Jazz obviously have, have had some slip-ups of late. You know, they're only three games better in the standings than the Bucks, right? I mean, the Jazz still have the best record in the league. Bucks only three games off of that pace at 28-14 versus 31-11, and 11, plus 7.7 net rating versus plus eight for the Jazz. So um, so yeah, it's, it's just very con- congested. And, uh, I think you look at the standings in the East, it's, it's just been frustrating as much as the bucks have been on such a strong run, they haven't been able to really make up much ground and are still trailing, trailing the nets and, and Sixers there. Um, we did see, uh, news that Kyrie Irving was going to be out for personal reasons, uh, this three game road trip that the nets are on. So I think, of course, that will be something to to kind of bear watching because as good as the Nets have pl- as well as the Nets have played, um, you know, with with Durant out, which is really impressive on its own. Uh, you know, you, you take away Kyrie and Durant, put put it all on Harden. Obviously, that that's asking a lot of of James Harden. So, um, so we'll see if the Nets can kind of keep up their pace. But the flip side is, if the Bucks are missing, um, you know, Giannis for another game or two. Uh, they've got the Celtics coming in Celtics lost tonight without both Jason Tatum, who's out with an illness um, and Kemba Walker. Uh, so we'll see kind of what, who, who's actually playing on Wednesday, but, but certainly you want to keep, keep this kind of hot streak going against the Celtics team that, that, you know, right now is 21 and 22, eight and 15 away. So <laughs> they haven't exactly been setting the world on fire. Um, but without Giannis, obviously you, you can't assume that you're going to get this type of hot shooting every night to, to kind of carry you. So, uh, so yeah, the, I mean, the pressure's on, I, I think, I think that, that playoff seating really matters. And I think it mainly matters because as I think it was, it was alluded to, you know, if you're, if you're second or third, you're going to have to beat either, well, you're gonna have to beat both one, you know, both of the Sixers and Nets, basically assuming kind of the, the bracket holds to go to the NBA finals. If you're first. Um, you know, you have the benefit of not only having home court, but, but probably, you know, if those teams finish second and third, you avoid having to play, um, both of them. And granted right now you have to play Miami. We'll see what happens with trades, but, um, you know, I don't think it's bad to be winning games and moving up the standings. Let's say that, right. We, we know there's no guarantees that winning regular season games will translate in the playoffs. But I think for, for seeding purposes, ultimately you still want home court and, Especially, we expect there to be, you know, there are already some fans in the stands. Uh, we expect there to be more fans in the stands by the time the playoffs start. We don't know how many. Um, and wouldn't it be nice, as opposed to last year when there weren't any fans, 
to actually, you know, get the benefit of, of, you know, being, having a, a great record and actually getting some home court advantage out of it. So, um, so yeah, we may see those other teams kind of maybe hit some banana peels and, and actually lose some games. Sixers to their credit have continued to win other than that Bucks game, um, even without Embiid, but, um, Bucks certainly tonight doing their part by uh, taking care of business against the Pacers. Wednesday night and Friday night, they've got the Celtics. So they've got them a couple of times here at Fiserv Forum coming up. And they are now half a game behind the Nets, one and a half games behind the Sixers there. So, yeah, I mean, it does all count. The crazy thing to think about when you look at the standings right now is the Atlanta Hawks are in fourth. They've won eight in a row since changing uh, their coach over there. Nate McMillan took over. So the Hawks is kind of a funny team who look like they might be active at the trade deadline. And I guess... That's the way I wanted to figure uh, finish this off, I should say, with just a couple of notes. So uh, PJ Tucker tonight obviously went down, tweaked that ankle, but didn't seem to think that it was so serious. But again, the one point I will make, I did see some stuff on Twitter yesterday. Well, why didn't you ask about Giannis in the press conference the other night? It was obvious he was sore. Well, a couple of things. First of all, Giannis never, ever admits anything. I mean, he's been actually hurt before, like seriously hurt. Like I've been in the locker room looking at his ankle, which looks like a balloon. And then he stands at the press conferences and tells you that there's nothing wrong with him and he's fine. So you can ask him whatever you want. You're not going to get the answer. And as you alluded to at the start of the podcast, Bud acted like he didn't know whether he got an MRI. I mean, it, it, you just, you're just not getting any answers out of these guys. So uh, it doesn't mean uh, that uh, they're, they're not telling the truth or whatever. Maybe Bud didn't know. But the point is, you're not going to get an answer. And we didn't get much on PJ Tucker tonight. So we will wait and see. But Frank, I have to mention it. I don't know whether you called Zach Lowe's article the the trade deadline primer. Did you see which name was linked with the Bucks from Zach Lowe? Yeah, yeah. Can you yes, feel about yes. this? <laughs> my my guy, Austin Rivers. Your oh, guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be held responsible if he comes and and sucks, Stinks. which he probably will. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the Bucks are in an interesting spot here with two open roster spots. Um, you know, they have some flexibility to to see what what sort of happens here with potentially in a trade, but I think more likely, um, you know, they, I, again, we'll see anything can happen here with the potential another move, but um, I've been just thinking more through the lens of buyout guys, but I mean, unfortunately there's just, especially in the guard spot. I mean, I, I don't know how much you've looked at it, but yeah. there just are not good guards to be had. Yeah. I mean, this is why the bucks, I mean, this is partly why the bucks also paid a lot of money to DJ Augustine. I mean, the, unfortunately the guard market was, it was just not great this summer. And I think, you know, the, the trade of Tucker, this is kind of a, I think something that I want to touch on a little bit because we didn't really get into it much, but, you know, absolutely that trade was a bit, a bit of a repudiation of the buck summer, right? I mean, they end up mm-hmm. dealing the guy that they spent the most money on um, to, to Houston. And, and, you know, we can say, well, they were trying to get a good player in, in PJ Tucker, but, I think a lot of us were surprised that that they were even able to use that without having to give up more going out just because Augustine obviously hasn't been great and you know, he's not young and they've got that second year on that contract, which I was kind of, I found it interesting that the Rockets seemed to be so willing to, to take that deal on. So um, yeah, finding quality backup point guards, unfortunately um, Bucks had uh, a luxury with, with George Hill these past couple of years. And um, you know, for now, obviously they're content to, sort of go it by, by committee with, I guess, I don't know, you know, Dante is sometimes the nominal point guard. Um, but a lot of times it's really just Giannis or, or Chris really doing kind of the, the bulk of the initiating. So, um, so we'll see. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I again, um, 
you know, Eric and, and our friend Dean were leading the DJ Augustine train. I am, <laughs> I am not leading the Austin Rivers train, to, well, to be clear. So I will, I, I, this will be the joke moving forward, of course. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I could certainly see that happening. Uh, I do think it's interesting. I mean, if, if you do land Austin Rivers, like, do you even bother? Pl- I mean, I mean, I don't really look at the Bucks right now and think they need another point guard to be out there every night. I think Rivers would be more of just a, you know, if Drew Holiday goes down and you and you need some ball handling depth, as we saw, I think Augustine helped. You know, when when Drew was out a little bit, kind of giving him some some opportunity to take a little bit of the pressure off of Giannis and Chris, but. Um, I don't, yeah, I mean, I think when the Bucks are healthy, I don't really look at them right now, at least as a team that desperately needs to add a ball handler. And certainly not, you know, it's not like Austin Rivers is so dynamic as a ball handler that he's adding a whole lot in that regard. But, um, but uh, you know, we'll see, right? We've got a couple more days here until the trade deadline. We'll see if any teams make big moves. Um, I, again, will cross my fingers that Kyle Lowry in particular does not move. Although, man, Rock, Raptors lose to the Rockets tonight with Lowry, Siakam. A lot of their guys are back now, and they still lose to uh, the Rockets. It was at nine nine losses in a row for the Raptors, which is just crazy. It feels like you know a few weeks ago that they were playing really well, and uh, things just kind of coming apart for Toronto, and also just creating an interesting dynamic. I mean, I. <laughs> Toronto's like the eight seed or something like that. If they keep that team together and they end up, you know, being like the eight seed, well, geez, I, I don't think anybody wants to play the Raptors. I mean, I think the Raptors are going to, they got to get better than what, what they are right now. So I, I don't know. It's going to be just a really interesting, I think, race in the East. And um, I don't know, people always just like, I mean, it's, I feel like it's just a thing for people to, to sort of shit on the East. But, um, you know, I mean, record wise, Brooklyn, I think everybody thinks Brooklyn is a legitimate title contender, right? I think a lot of people would say Brooklyn, aside, Brooklyn may be the favorite, uh, you know, especially with the injuries in LA. Philly obviously has, I think, been really impressive this year. The Bucks obviously are, you know, right there record wise. We know what they're capable of and, you know, they have a lot to prove. But, um, you know, Miami's gotten their situation together. You've got Atlanta streaking. And I don't know. I mean, Boston and, and Toronto obviously have been very disappointing, but, if Boston and Toronto are, you know, sort of in the, in the bottom half of the, the East playoff bracket, that to me, it's like the flip side is, well, isn't that kind of a statement that the East isn't so bad? I mean, if the, if the Celtics were bad and they were like the fifth seed, that might be one thing, but um, Boston and, and Toronto, I mean, they're, they're scrapping to, to even try to, you know, hang on for, for playoff positioning right now, which to me says the, the East bracket actually is, is, kind of deeper than I think people want to admit. So anyway, that's my, that's my Eastern conference optimism hat uh, put on right there. Uh, especially, you know, as I mentioned, bucks have been playing really well and they can't seem to get over the hump and get into one of those top two seeds. So hopefully that can still happen, but uh, yeah, the Eastern conference kind of getting, getting its, uh, getting its act together a little bit. Well, it's a smart play when the Bucks play the Celtics twice in the next few days to pump them up a little bit and, and not make them sound as, as bad as they have been. But weird regular season. Guys have been out, as you mentioned, but the Raptors tonight actually got pretty good contributions from those main guys, and it still wasn't enough. They didn't just lose. They lost by 18 points to a Houston team that had lost 20 games in a row. So it's pretty ridiculous. They are two and a half games out of a play-in spot right now, the Raptors. So we'll see. Uh, it's kind of interesting to look at this right now. We're 42 games in. I mean, we've got 30 games to go until the playoffs here, so it's going to come really, really quickly, particularly 
when you look at the schedule and the, the way these teams are playing back-to-backs and, and playing every other day as well. So it's going to be here. Ken, you want, to, you, want some, you want some alley-oop stats to send people uh, out, out today? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll give you, a, I'll give, I'll give you a quiz here. How many Brook Lopez alley oops do you think we have this year? Uh, I think we've had fourteen. Fifteen, very yes. close. How many do you think he had all of last season? Uh, how many games last season? Yeah, they played sixty-four games, something like that. Last season, uh, let's say uh, eleven. Also fifteen. So he's matched <laughs> his. Uh, his numbers. And I don't know that. I don't know if that includes tonight's stats yet. So he may be, I think he had two or three tonight, right? So he may, he may have uh, already eclipsed his numbers from last year. Giannis 24 alley-oops this year. He was at 19 for all of last season. So Giannis also well ahead of his pace. So anyway, everybody loves alley-oops. Alley-oops yeah. have a hundred percent approval rating. Um, so we'll, we'll send people out with, with those numbers. If you guys want to, you know, throw out some good alley-oop stats next time you guys are talking basketball with your friends. And drop some broken Giannis alley oop stats on on them. So that's all I got. I promise not to interrupt you anymore. Alley oop stats are fun, and uh, I'm glad that the numbers uh, you know confirm what I thought I was seeing uh, when I had my outlandish statement with his lobs this season. So that's a lot of fun. So yep, Bucks and Celtics coming up twice later this week. Check back in with us tomorrow. We'll have another pod, probably talking trades, and who knows what what is going to be going on with the league over the next 24 hours. But Frank and myself. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.